Killer, welcome back to Toys on Tap. This is uh, part two-ish, catching up with you, talking all things toys. Uh, so now I'm glad to bring it back to Toy with Tap. This will be a bonus episode that comes out, so I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Toys on Tap. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on again. And of course, of course. So we're going to pick it up because um, we, we've seen, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's crazy. Like we we've seen the Kickstarter, we've seen like the toys that are coming, we've seen all that stuff. Let's pick it up right before that. Walk us back a little bit before that and how you got to that point and where you are. Okay. So I had been working with Super Seven, mass producing my figures through through a license uh since like 2017, 2018. And that was going really well. And you know, it there was really nothing wrong with that just there was more things that I wanted to make other than like the one or two figures, you know? And, um, I was over doing comic books with black caravan and scout and essentially creating like a continuity and like a, a, a vaster universe than just like phantom star killer, the cosmic ghoul warrior. I, I want to, to create like a universe for him to live in and adversaries and, cohorts and like other people you know just like other things and expand a toy line that i've been doing like had in my head for several years now like um you know i've made a few other like ancillary characters that like tied into the same universe uh yeah. as like resin bootlegs over the years but i wanted to start doing more of that stuff and incorporating the like i said the continuity that i was creating within the comic book into toys and make some more toys and um you know we me and super seven tried working some things out and um we just weren't seeing eye to eye honestly and um yeah i just thought it was time for me to do my own thing like um you know i know how to make toys like i've been doing it forever you know um uh, nearly 20 years at this point Damn. doing some kind of toy work in some way shape or form and I felt it was like time for me to be able to do my own thing, you know, and um, make toys that I want to make um, in the styles that I want to make and not necessarily be beholden to like the reaction format. Like everybody knows me primarily for like my three and three quarter inch work. And, uh, you know, that's awesome. And that's what I, where my heart always will be is like retro three and three quarter inch action figure. But at the same time, like that didn't leave me much room to like step outside of like my comfort zones and do things that that I wanted to do. And and um, so I started doing and working on things like that, you know, whether it be like concepting, uh, you know, the prestige line, which is the uh, the line that Kickstarter uh, that we successfully ran um, with in Kickstarter last ball and um you know doing like kind of a blended more like realistic take on like a three and three quarter inch figure where it'd yeah. be like sort of like the like star wars uh vintage collection like those three and three quarter inch ones not like the retro vintage but like the the vin i think it's votc is what they call it and it's mm -hmm. like they're more like realistic interpretations of the characters and um 
I wanted to do something like that, but then still kind of have it be like limited articulation of like a vintage figure, but just mm -hmm. bump up the detail and try and jam as much uh, detail into the into the smaller sculpts that I could. And uh, so we, I did that and launched that on Kickstarter. Um, those are being produced right now. The tooling is like a month, maybe like a month away for the four different figures. And then we should start seeing some test shots of those, which I'm really excited about. Um, I added articulation to the waist for Starkiller, which is kind of like a added bonus that I yeah. hadn't had on there before. But that's like one of the things, like I said, that like, I don't know if like Super 7 would not have like let me do that on that size figure. Like they have a pretty specific format that they do, whether, you know, with five points of articulation, retro, retro style sculpt, uh, you know, that real soft sculpt. And I wanted it, there to be a lot of detail and extra points of articulation and, you know, the wild cape that I designed, uh, the vinyl cape that um, I designed for the new figure. It's just much a different take on the figure, honestly. And that's just what I wanted to do. I it felt like there was really like, where did I go after having made uh, – 12 or 13 different colorways of the star killer figure uh through super seven it's like we we there was about really like all we could do with it beyond like a redesign and i wanted to do um one inspired by the comic book and there was really like no way to do that true to like uh you know my vision and uh joseph schmalke's artwork and having it be like a retro styled figure there just was it just wouldn't work if we can walk it back a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. um 2017 ish you sign on with paperwork to have phantom star killer produced with super seven correct mm -hmm. yep. uh you bring your original ip what does that look like and then now that you're not with them do you still have to let them use it or can you just take it all with you well what it looked like back then was just the character. Like there okay. was no, like, I mean, there was the character and there was the like short two paragraph backstory, or I mean, it might be like three paragraph backstory, but it's like on every one of the figures that we ever made, it's three paragraphs. And I wrote that back in 2012 when um I was like planning the release of the original resin figure at San Diego comic-con 2013. And so that was it, basically. There was, like, nothing else beyond, like, the three paragraphs and then the way the character looked. And um, that was it. And it was, like, a five... Uh, whether it was, like, a five-year, three- or five-year deal, I'm not really sure. Um, but, that like, that first uh, contract had expired in the meantime. Like, while we were still, like, producing all this other... All the variant colorways and stuff, like that contract had lapsed and there was no like exclusivity to the contract because I was a toy maker. They like wrote up like a, a different contract than let's say like they would give to King Diamond or, mm -hmm. or Megadeth or, or whoever, any of the other like tons of things they make that there might be like some exclusivity to it that you wouldn't do something at, like a competing product. Um, there was nothing like that in mind because I do make toys. So it was like, these are 
you can do whatever you want outside of the contract. We're just going to be producing these reaction versions for you. And um, there was no contract on Knuckle Duster. Um, so they, I don't know if he was just like tied into it or if it was like a handshake deal. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I just really didn't feel like there should be any issue, even if I did want to make like my own things outside of working with them um well because your contract you said lapsed and then you have like a handshake deal in there and so now that you're at the end and you have pulled out and you're now doing oh okay okay yeah um yeah they i mean the really like it was i mean i'm personal friends with brian flynn yeah like outside of doing all the work we've done together like we were friends before any of that for five or six years and um, so, I mean, he when when I, we had like the conversation of me potentially like stepping out from under the Super Seven banner and doing like my own thing, um, it was all like like words of encouragement and that like if I ever need help or if I ever um, have questions or if I ever even want to come back, like I always have a home at Super Seven. Um, it was like, if it doesn't work out and like a year from now, like you're wishing that you hadn't tried, like, or what, not wishing, but like it's things just didn't pan out. Like you're welcome to, you always have a home at super seven was like the, the, I guess the message that I got, but, right. but they were fine with me doing whatever I wanted. And we just, we had planned for an ultimate style figure. Like it was on schedule and that, I don't know what happened with that, but it was supposed to, we were supposed to be like, that was what the kind of the idea was. Is like, there's not much anywhere else to go with the reaction figure. Um, let's do something big, which was the play set. And then we were talking about doing a ultimate style figure. And I'd still love to do that, you know, um, but I might as well just design and do one on my own. Like I have the means to do it. Like, and that's kind of where like the, you know, like the licensing issue, you know, it's not an issue, but it's like, I'm getting like a very small percentage of the money, you know, and doing this for a living for the last 12 years, like my sole income is off the art and toys and everything that I'm doing. And if I can't on some level, like make adequate money, like I, I want to focus on just star killer. Cause as I've done the comic and I'm like building all this other stuff out, it's kind of became like its own thing, you know, yeah. where it's like a, it's like a machine that it like, if, if you can't, I can't like turn it off really. Like, and the more time than effort that I devote to it, the more prosperous seemingly it would be, you know, like I don't necessarily have to do like a, a soup can R2D2 figure or like, uh, you know, like I spent a lot of time of the nearly 20 years making toys, like doing parody stuff. And like, I mean, I went from like doing parody star Wars stuff, kind of mashups, then like started doing like where I was doing, um, like actual versions of things where it'd be like, I made Walter white, Alfred Hitchcock, animal chin, Jay and silent Bob, 11 from super seven or from uh stranger things uh larry david like all that type of stuff like i just at the it, 
as the star killer property was like getting bigger and bigger and requiring more and more of my attention. Um, I just kind of came to the conclusion that like when I'm dead and gone, like if there's anything from like the body of work that I've created, like I'd want it to be my own thing. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want it to somebody to be like, God, he made like good figures of things he didn't have permission to do. <laughs> Even though yeah. that's like a cool, a fucking awesome thing. And like, no, no, like shade to like any, any of the dudes who do that. Like, I know that that's like a huge, huge, like, uh, aspect of like the bootleg toy thing nowadays. And, you know, um, I just, I, it was like hard for me to even compete with those guys, you know, on a level of like how quick they could do it. Cause there's guys who just like kit bash them and then like paint it, package it. And that's the, that's it. They photograph it and they can do one of those a day, you know? And it's like, just about like that kind of instant Instagram gratification. Whereas yeah. like, I would want to like sculpt it and make a mold and hand paint it and like, design the pack it's like there's just like yeah. so much that like i could never like i'd have an idea and then like before i could even execute there'd be like five different dudes who had done it you know and yeah. it's it's like i was there at that kind of uh in the scene early enough to where like there was nobody doing that, you know like when i made like walter white i remember like super seven and funko an, like announced or like they showed it at toy fair 20 i don't even 2014 maybe like yeah, that yeah. like before they really like were going heavy with their like when like they first did like the first waves of the reaction figures yeah. and it was like bam like 150 fucking toys came out of like every movie and every show that was popular at the time or had been over the last 30 years they came in like whoosh and did all. And I had been working on a Walter White figure. And um, I remember being like, damn, like I can't, now I can't put this out or, or like what, you know, like <laughs> who would want to buy a $60 version versus a $16 version, yeah. like, you know, just to put it on a show. So I did it anyways and they still did well. Um, but it was like kind of that too. It's like, and now I think that there's, uh, not really like nobody gives a shit like it's like they just make toys there's like not really a competitive competitiveness about it mm -hmm. and i kind of like that like i always liked having like suck lord to be like you know like me and him or me and healy like kind of like going head to head at like what we're making or who's doing what and like i the, it's this the bootleg like handmade uh custom action figure scene is just like so massive now Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think there's like that aspect of like fun to be had. Um, yeah. I, you know, the more I, cause I'm running that a series with suck Lord and the more that we talk about it and the more we talk about his life, uh, it's like the, I think because the competitiveness isn't there or because that like newness it's like dying for him, like inside it's, it sounds like he's just like, ah, this is, like less joyful yeah yeah i mean you're not competing as much and and for sure i mean and that's like a been always been a big aspect of it for i think like us guys who 
who are older in the scene have been doing it for over a decade. Um, yeah. So like, I, I kind of wanted to fill my passion for toys and like everything that I've, the knowledge I've, I've gained and everything and kind of blend it all into one and, and do like more of the mass production side of it. And still bring like the same vibe and voice that I brought to like my handmade stuff or the super seven stuff and like have it, you know, where it's like, what it like bootleggy kind of art arty, you know, versus it being like, um, you know, like a, I, I don't know, like a toy you just go buy at target. Yeah. Um, so trying to like mix all of that and then still have it be, you know, like the toys, promoting the comics, the comics promoting the toys, like kind of have there be some synergy yeah. Um, in everything I'm doing that there be like, you know, whether I'm doing coffee, you know, or, or like I'm doing a new t-shirt or just, a, just everything kind of be like under that umbrella that it all ties into each other and is like all promotion. Yeah. So we get to the point where your Kickstarter is fully funded, which yeah. congrats, like funded, you got character, the things that are unlocked, you got prints mm-hmm. coming out, all kinds of stuff. And you are in this, like, involved in a whole new, like, organization type thing, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just being birthed. Walk us through that. So, like, I, I wanted, you know, like, I've always wanted to, and while I was saying, like, do it, like, my one character as it gained in popularity, like, it required more time of mine. Um, I mean that, that I want it. So I want to focus on him, but at the same time, there was like a lack of like variety and like want this want to do more toys other than just my own stuff. And maybe like give others the opportunity that like Brian gave me by like, if I've got the know-how and the ability and the funds and the means to do stuff, like I want to help others like you know, like if a toy can do what it's done for me, for them, and I, I believe in their, uh, comic or, you know, their ideas and stuff, like I want to, to help, you know? So that was like where that came in and being like, um, like if I can make toys for not only myself, but I can also make toys for some of the other guys, um, that publish comics through scout or black caravan. And, um, give them the opportunity to have a a cool toy made you know and um yeah so it was like we we went through and kind of picked some of the best-selling books you know like the properties that had like the the kind of a following and whether it be the the property itself the artist um the writer you know um that they had the numbers and through selling comics and and there was a following and, and interest enough in what they're doing um you know, started working on designing and all the different aspects that go into, you know, making a toy for them. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So we chose, um, Charlie Stickney. Um, he's a writer in how that lives in California. He, uh, has a book called white at white ash. And that's like an elven kind of, uh, with elves and, uh, it's a cool book. I mean, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of the show that it's like, anyways, it, it's just, it's a cool book and it's got a following. So I thought that one would be cool. And I wanted to do some chicks. Like I've never really done a lot of like female characters. 
Yeah. And I thought that the line having some like diversity in that way, you know, would be a good idea. And um, so we would do, we did white ash, uh, gut ghost, which is like, I, uh, you know, like an indie darling. He, he, and in similar kind of like aspect to like what I do, like um, I think, you know, um, like star killer gut ghost. Like I was, um, I always thought that Enzo's thing, like, had like a lot of people following it and like people making bootleg toys of it. Like there's been plushes and uh, yeah, three or four different figures of gut ghost uh, yeah. that friends of mine have made. I think junk fed made one uh, Pam Rowe toys made one. Uh, if I thought hard enough, I'm sure I could think of another, maybe that's it. But so gut ghost was definitely um, a must, you know, like when we started talking about which characters to do in the first line uh or first wave and um so gut ghost and then uh julius black from the electric black which is uh my partner on star the star killer comic joseph schmalke's com comic book with uh his partner and the co-publisher of, of uh, black caravan rich woodall they have this comic together and they just in fact they uh free comic book day was like last saturday yep yeah they had their comic uh the electric black had like a free comic book day book so yeah. like it was all at every comic book shop in the country so i i wanted to do julius black and then star killer obviously and we we have like three or four other characters done um that are sculpted and you know, we've got renders and packaging and everything done for them. Um, but, you know, it was like to see how it would go. I mean, it, we really didn't know like how it would do. I knew that I had people that would, I had a fan base of people that would obviously want to buy a toy. Cause that's what they primarily know me for is like toy versions of my, of my art. And um, so they, we knew that that would be like a given that that some people would come in to to get a new star killer figure but it was kind of a mystery on how well the others one other characters would do mm -hmm. like they sell comics and to somebody who's into comics they know it for that medium they may not even collect toys right you know so it's kind of like um an unknown on like how it was going to do and um thankfully it was successfully funded or at least you know um we made enough money to make make the four characters and a couple colorways of the of uh star killer and julius black's getting a glow in the dark one and uh yeah and pay for all the tooling and um production and shipping um but that's about all it it you know we made enough to just do like the four characters and um I think on like the next wave that we do, I I just recently showed um, the 3D print I did of Knuckle Duster. Yeah. Like last week or something. And I know that everybody was really hyped on that and when that one was going to be coming out. And I think I'm going to do like a new, like Kickstarter is good, I think. Um, and it's cool. But there was really no way through Kickstarter to, I don't know, like, there it to be the way I wanted it, I guess. And, mm -hmm. and so my new um, kind of plan moving forward, I think is 
having each character be like its own individualized campaign. Like once it reaches like a certain amount of pre-order sales, mm-hmm. then then it's being made. Like just that character. And once it reaches its its goal, like then add-ons for not only like that figure, but that same comic universe start getting unlocked. So it incentivizes like the fan base who's supporting a campaign to be like well, shit, like if we get it to this, like now we get a knuckle duster or mm-hmm. we get like, you know, another character of mine, Vice Admiral Aker, like, or he, now he comes with like a different head sculpt or he comes with a new accessory or now we're going to do different package variants that like everybody gets like, so it like in, would, it, it's easier to do that way. And I think most Kickstarters are focused on like one thing, mm-hmm. whereas like ours was like, like multiple things and then it's like so how like if one doesn't do as well as the others like like it was like a package deal kind of it was like all or nothing and you know like i didn't want to necessarily like go back on my word of being or like you know being like now i've got to refund the, the guys from this property because their toy didn't necessarily sell enough to actually even be made like You know, and then it it makes more sense for for me as like the guy who's paying for it all and doing a lot of the work. That then, like, if 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 one thing is doing very well, like you know, let's say mine, then I can be like, at a hundred thousand dollars, it unlocks like a fucking spaceship. You know, like not some character, not a bunch of other characters for like other guys. You know, like or another property, like. And yeah, that's fine. But then it's like rewarding somebody for, and then like if the campaign, like it got to us, like it's, for example, like if it got to a certain level, say if we were at like ours ended at 68,000, like if it had got to like 75, let's say like in another character got unlocked, but the campaign ended and it, it only, it ended like at that goal, like that one never had even any time to sell any to make it justifiable when when it was another property let's say and a person behind it who is expecting an eventual payout you know Mm -hmm. like when you think of it from that standpoint it's like well we need to take care of the guys who we need to be able to take care of the guys the artists the writers the people who own the property and then you know have it all break down accordingly so that everybody's happy instead of it being like, you know, um, and that's just like learning pains, I guess, or whatever, you know, like there's a learning experience, growing pains, like that's everything I've ever done, you know, has been like a learning experience for me. Like I never went to like, you know, or like some guys who run toy companies might have gone to school and they learned like, you know, whether it be business or art or whatever they learned, like, I mean, maybe there is some knowledge to that, but everything I've ever learned is like street smart, kind of like just learning through experience, you know, like I didn't, when I started like killer bootleg, you know, all these years ago, um, it wasn't like in my head, I was like, this is going to be like a legit toy company and I'm going to be like in charge of all this different stuff and doing all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
you know, I, I just have gone into it, like learning as I've gone, I've, I've done stuff. And that probably was a mistake, like doing it that way. I initially did the Kickstarter. Um, just, just, I guess, because like I said, like this would be a releasing them each as their own campaign and then incentivizing the fan bases to unlock more by supporting, you know, it's like, you could get a whole wave of figures, you know? for like one property like if the if the fan base is like rabid enough and they're interested and the interest is there to to support a project um then you would think that they would want more like more stuff pertaining to that not being like hey if you want if you want to read this comic like and find out about this character like nobody has time for that and that's just the, the fact of the matter you yeah. know like as much as you want that to be a reality, and I thought that like it's like in a ha- in a perfect world that 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 would be where it's like, <laughs> and I think eventually it will be that where like somebody's like, oh, what is this? Like I don't yeah. know about this. Like I want to know about this, um, and then they may get interested in that comic or that artist or that toy or you know, and like uh, then they have a new fan. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's that was the idea going into it, and that you know, each thing would kind of help each other, you know, in a certain way. But yeah, it reminds me of uh, Hasbro Pulse and when they tried to fund the Rancor, mm-hmm. like they didn't hit funding. And then the like, the the things that were possible to be unlocked were like, man, that doesn't meet. Like if you would have focused solely on just what this is and what the people yeah, and had the Rancor Keeper, like a, a Black Series version of the Rancor yeah. Keeper versus like, I don't even know what they did. What, what was were like, the add It was I, like bones, uh, a backdrop, and something stupid, something else. Yeah, like I think it was Scalacious Crumb maybe. But oh, they yeah, yeah. Like, But having it be like the Rancor Keeper and yeah, like things that, I mean, pertain to let's say they're just more enticing and that people who are paying attention that they actually care about. I yeah. Guess. Cause your idea, I don't know, we'll seems, your idea seems more like a, like a choose your own adventure, right? Like you have all these different opportunities to fund whatever, but I, if I love star killer, I want to fund it to the point where maybe you do produce that spaceship. I want to fund it to the point right. where you unlock so much other shit that like I, that's where I think it unlocks the community. Yeah. Like if I yeah. see people buying into it, but I'm like, ah, uh, like I want the next, like I already have a star. I want the next thing down. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to push more people so I can get that thing. Right. Which right. I, think I don't know. We'll idea. see. We'll see. I mean, Kickstarter is good in some ways. In some ways, I think, you know, I would, I would rather just like make the thing, you know? Yeah. Like that's what we did with the, the teenage mutant ninja turtle style phantom star killer that's yeah. like four he's like four and three quarter inches um playmate style i guess is what you'd say but he's like a a retro version of him that i've released recently and that's what we did with that like it was like i just went into it and was like oh i'm just gonna do this myself yeah and you know and through tracker have scout distribute it you know where it's like because i don't have a warehouse you know, like if I had had all those figures show up here, like I wouldn't have a basement. Like it would just be boxes everywhere until they start moving. And um, it's easier just having a, a whole team down there 
to, yeah. to help me, you know, but that's so, what we did with that was just produced it. Like there was like no needing any funding, just let's do it, you know? Yeah. And I think as a part of that, when you describe the possibility of like, if you had to do this and there was boxes everywhere, there's probably nothing that D like, like just messes with your psyche than seeing boxes of product everywhere. Well, and another thing is like, then if, if I'm not focused on like the packing and shipping aspect of stuff, I'm more, my time is more opened up to do like the creative stuff behind the scenes that, you know, needs to be done, whether it be package design, concepting, yeah, prototyping, like all the stuff that goes into it, um, doing paint masters and all the color guides and mock-ups and all that, like then I'm freed up to do that. If I'm not like always worried about packing and shipping stuff and, um, so, but we'll see the Kickstarter is like, I would think way ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been waiting to have test shots to show everybody, you know, I guess I could just go on and on about like bullshit. Uh, it's not bullshit. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are interested, but it's like, I want to show something concrete and be like, here's the test shots. You yeah. know, like I, I have pictures of like the, I guess like the whack, uh, prints of them and other prints and tests and stuff we've been running on all the articulations or that yeah. we had been doing for the past few months um i, I don't know maybe i should share that as an update <laughs> maybe um, but i just want to have like the actual test shots and be like you know and we're like a month maybe like a month away from that yeah you know which is exciting like that is quick especially post covid coming out of all this that you're ahead of schedule is insane yeah, and there, and there was, like, some delays, like, not really delays, but, like, you know, there's in China still, like, dealing with COVID, you yeah. know, and there's, like, lockdowns that happen, um, and we're certain, that, but they, they, the factory has been, like, you know, where they might send somebody home with something to work on, or, like, there's certain things, like, up until, like, this point where everything's done, like, where the tooling's being done, um, that's like has yeah, they can't obviously be done at somebody's house but one of my um, dreams is to go to china uh mm-hmm. and near the factories where these things are produced and see if they've just produced bootlegs of all this shit just <laughs> selling them out the back or something probably you know like there's i know like there's ebay accounts like straight up dedicated to selling like test shots like in quotes and like prototypes in quotes yeah. of figures and yeah i mean i don't know how you would combat combat that you know it's like it, i think it's kind of cool like if something got out and you know uh people find deem it worthy enough to be like yeah <laughs> you know especially like to me as just like a dude that's like <laughs> you know came up with this shit like all like just like kind of haphazardly like yeah and he's a cosmic ghoul warrior and it's like oh that's kind of cool or you know it's like there was like not much there wasn't like a whole team of development behind yeah. it where like some of the properties there are and like there's like these baked in you know like fans that come with like a movie that came out like <laughs> you know like 30 years ago so there's like obviously like if something comes out of like like mine like that like i'd be i think it's sick like you're you're like the worst part of the toy industry because everyone's fighting against like copyrights and you're like no 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 take that shit take it i want to see what happens i mean yeah (laughs) i mean on a certain level like 
you know that and that's like with all the guys making like custom toys of my stuff and like yeah. fan art type stuff like i and i love it like unless there was somebody who was like maliciously like trying to like really take money from me mm-hmm. I, you know then i think that would be different like if they were like you know, like we're gonna make a He-Man version and mass produce it of Star Killer and call it Phantom Star Killer or something like that. Like, yeah. But like a guy making five of them, or like, like that's fine. You know, like or people that make like the fun, different parodied versions for DKE. Like every show, there's like something that somebody's made. There was Lady Star Killer recently. Yeah. Um, like I love all that stuff, and like just I think it's fun, and I don't think that. I think it's more like them, you know, it's like an homage or like, they're like paying tribute to like, you know, yeah. I think what I've done, you know, it would be, I mean, it's that double-sided, right? Like there's no way that someone could take some of your toy and reproduce it as their own. Cause we all mm-hmm. know that toy so well, we know yeah. all the stuff you've produced. And then with people like producing things, you like in all these interviews I've done uh, Mm -hmm. yourself included, like we all start at some point of like taking from other people. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it's perfect to have someone like you at the top. That's like, Hey, just don't be a dick about it. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's (laughs) it. Like, just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Like, cause other than that, it's just, I've always felt this way that like the more people that are seeing it and like, you know, the more eyes that are on something, like, I think that's the better, you know, like there was like, even in the bootleg scene, like a decade ago, like there was this real, like uh gatekeeper mentality from some yeah. of the guys. And I always was like, no, like the more the merrier, like, and I think that that's been good, you know, like that. It's like the more people that are doing this, the more people that are paying attention, you know, the more it's on people's tongues. Yeah, I don't, I still, I mean, I've only been in this for two years. So I, mm-hmm. but I still don't understand the idea of the gatekeeping mentality. Well, like when I see it now, it's like, mm-hmm. man, you are one of like four other people that have this mentality with a whole scene that doesn't. Like what is happening? Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, I was talking to Last Bastion Studios. And okay. he was talking about in the vinyl scene, there's the, they got a lot of gatekeepy stuff, but he said mm-hmm. a lot of it uh, is kind of transitioned into, you'll get that material, like you'll get the information, but it's almost like rite of passage rather than like gatekeeper stuff. Mm-hmm. Which that's a, Hey, that's a creative way to look at it, but I still need the information. Yeah. Yeah, I've always felt like there was for like Sofubi, like in general, like Japanese vinyl and the guys who produced in Japan. And once China started like doing like their version of Sofubi, uh, I think a lot of that stopped. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like more people are just open to be like, yeah, we'll do, you know, and make that, or you can just find it on your own versus like having to know somebody who knows somebody and he lives there in Japan and is like at the factory every day type shit. Like, yeah. Uh, So you are with 
you uh, tell me about tracker i don't fully like mm-hmm. i've seen that name a lot is that your company are you a part of that company tell me about tracker yeah so i mean it's my company with the president of scout comic okay that is the idea is to produce toys and merchandise from the cattle from the scout catalog my stuff is just you know my stuff is in there as well yeah so i've been producing you know i did like i said the turtle style star killer mm-hmm. uh, prestige 118th scale is being produced now we've done a couple mini figures um like rpg 32 millimeter style figures um for a for a couple properties we did murder hobo which is like a D style yeah D meets rick and morty kind of yeah so it was perfect for it was the perfect property for that style of toy where and we had game we have game cards that come with these that you can just that have their own rules so you can just like literally drop these toys in mm-hmm. with all your other you know um games that play with those mini figures um so we did those guys um we just finished up a set for joseph schmelke's we don't kill spiders mm-hmm. which has been a very successful um horror viking story um that just the fourth issue just came out and um so we've got a set of those figures that are done that are will be here like next week yeah that are really cool like there's like a hot pink and like a glow-in-the-dark pink or purple or it's like bluish purple kind of pink but they glow and they're really really sharp and they come with cards as well and that's under tracker and um yeah, so it's like um, we've, been, we've got sculpts for, like I said, maybe like four or five more, uh, like three and three quarter to four to five inch, really. I mean, there's like a lot of scale in this in this prestige collection, which is what I wanted to do, like where it's like true 118. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of figures are like three and three quarter and they really stick to that scale and they don't move like much with of a like of a quarter inch even it's like they're really stuck in that scale even if it was like an eight foot tall fucking monster or something you know like Chewbacca like he's the size of Han Solo and Han Solo is the size of Princess Leia and if you see those three in a photo I think there's like an iconic like um promotional shot that they all took where they're like hugging kind of or standing next to each other or whatever like terry fisher's like five foot one harrison ford's probably six foot yeah and peter mayhew is like seven foot fucking whatever yeah so it's like they to have their figures be like all the same size or generally the same size like i mean that's cool but like I want to be like, I want to show scale, you know? And uh, if a, if a, like a character is like five foot, like then it is a three and three quarter inch figure. Like, you know, if a figure six foot, he might be four inches, you know, if a figure or if a character is like eight foot, like he might be five inches, you know? And, um, 
so the, the there's a lot of variance in that line which i think is like another fun aspect of of being able to like curate my own line of toys and and be in charge of the production where i can make decisions like that like if i want to like i said add waist articulation or wrist articulation like if there's like for example like some characters have like a perfect clean break at their waist like if they have a belt on you know um like and there's going to be that plane anyways that line like why not like add articulation there you know for a swivel waist and just have it be like at a flat surf, you know, the at a flat surface, and it would help for painting and all that, everything else too, where you don't have, you can have like a clean paint line versus, you know, them having to mask or or paint it, you know, in some way. Yeah. Um, so think, being able to make decisions like that has been kind of fun. You know? Yeah, and I I'm thank you for explaining Tracker. Uh, it was a overnight thing, or what felt yeah, like kind overnight. Of, it kind of, I mean, like it was probably like 2020 actually when we first started kind of talking about it, um, giving like, you know, it was scout more or less like giving me the opportunity to produce more stuff and bankrolling a bunch of projects that I wanted to, you know, like we kickstarted the one, but we've like produced like, I mean, we did a plush We've done like a bunch of different things, you know, and that was the idea, like not just not only to do action figures, but to do like other merchandise as it as it as seemed as it would or, you know, like as it would fit best for that that property. Like we did a plush for Stabity Bunny. The book is like one of the, uh, I guess, best selling scout books of all time. Like it really has had like a it's one of the first comics I ever saw that I was like, Oh, like, or didn't think about it then, but like, what is scout comics, you know? Um, and I, I, I've, I've seen the imagery or like the cover that's like iconic of like a bunny standing in a pile of blood. That's like a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen it and I'd seen it at conventions for, for, I, I don't know, going back a long, long time. So like, um, when, we it was like one of the first kind of like uh, plush is like a very easy thing to manufacture because it doesn't require tooling like mm-hmm. it requires a pattern and once you can figure out the pattern and how you want it to look you know um they just start making them yeah. and it's like almost fully automated process so like it it's not like making a toy where you need to you know do there's so much pre like pre-developed like developmental stages i guess where it's like you have to concept it out and then sculpt it and think of all these different aspects of how it's going to work you know like if the legs will move like everything will move right you know there's like a lot of thought and process that has to go into it and paint and how you're going to paint them what colors if it'll be injected in certain colors or painted here if it's paint mask or tampo like there's just so many different things Whereas a plush, it's kind of like just you can do it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was fun to do, you know, and be given the opportunity to just like, you know, do like I, it's more like me being like, this would do well as this, you know, because it's yeah. like there's a plush bunny in the the comic, sort of makeup, and there had been, you know, I like it a lot when like somebody has already tested it, sort of like you know, like me making action figures. It's like I was hand making them for years before i ever like sold any mass produced toys 
So like I knew that people were interested in at least what I was doing, you know, and like with Stabity Bunny, not only is it was it is it a successful comic that's now coming back after a hiatus after a couple of years. Um like and they'd done plushes, they did like this smaller, like handmade, like where somebody had like, you know, made one and then they made a hundred copied off that one sort of mm-hmm. like did a run of them. And they was where they were selling those for years. Like I like when somebody has put in like the legwork to like prove that there's like a viability to doing it like on a larger scale. Like yeah. you know, and so but do then being able to do it, you know, so like with tracker we like I said, we did, did plush and um like the real high detailed three and three quarter, which is like the prestige collection that we kick started. Yeah. Um, and then like the playmates style like is is another we've got i've got a knuckle duster that's done a sculpt that's done we've got a roddy the rotten from murder hobo that's done um that we just need to you know make tooling and move forward but we've got package does designs and all this stuff done uh, so yeah i mean it's just like a, an opportunity for me to make a lot of different things yeah you, know, you talked about like you wanted ultimate style as well mm-hmm. which does that include man does that include even like figures like style does that include like how intricate NECA gets yeah like all of for that sure stuff? like for sure and I've been thinking about that we I actually was just having a conversation this morning about about that and you know it would be just doing it essentially you know I probably wouldn't like ultimates is like seven inch I think is how super mm-hmm. seven does it I would probably do more like Star Wars Black Series or Marvel Legends where it's like six inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean that we've definitely talked about it because like there's this uh, one and this is where like um, the opportunity to do like other cool things through Scout, like having the umbrella of Scout and with all their IP. There's a comic called The Turnus that uh, Andy Circus wrote and um it's all about like mythological you know there's medusa and all these different like um characters and stuff and they want to do like hyper realistic like black series or neca style figures and um you know so it might be like a cool opportunity to like get my feet wet doing it for them you know Mm -hmm. and then doing you know more like i'm comfortable and doing it myself you know Cause like I could always just yeah. go get into, I guess, bed with like another company and produce stuff, you know, um, which I've thought about, but it's like, at the end of the day, I kind of would like to do it myself, you know? And like, if the opportunity is there and, you know, it can be like, I just want to like do it myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess. So I, I don't know. Those figures but are yeah, so we, intense to design. Cause like, they come with different hands, different heads, different faces. Like the bodies move in like thirty different points of articulation. Like that shit's unreal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think so. But it's definitely, definitely attainable and yeah. doable. You know. Um, yeah. So I mean, just the ability to do anything, really. You know, like is what what i you know where i'm not necessarily limited to being like i can only do this or i only have to hand make this or yeah you know 
So, and it's still fun, you know, to like do, like, I still do like all the like prototyping stuff. Like I still am always making my, all the test shots or like hard copies and yeah, masters and certain things, you know, like all the different things that would be, which I enjoy the fuck out of where it's like making the first one. Like mm-hmm. I've always been like that. Like, and on me, I've got shelves like of, that I'm looking at off in the distance that have like all my like first pieces, you know, mm-hmm. like it'd be like, whether it's something I made in 2009 or some shit, like most of them are here. And uh, I always like, you know, it's like most dudes, it's like you spend so much time like doing the very, very first one mm-hmm. and like, or just getting the idea of how you're going to do it, you know, and do all, like, I always took pride in doing like all these different steps for the paint and shit and getting that all down or, you know, uh, it's like the probably the cleanest piece out of the mold and shit. Um, but then it was just copying that one, you know, and it'd be like asking like anybody who does any type of art, like, unless it's like screen printing, you know, which is like meant, for like fast replication yeah but if it was like draw illustrate like you know like paint ink do anything do it once and like you you know the artist does it and it's like fun and you know they get off on it and it's like they're released and like they're happy place you know yeah and then it's like do that again 50 <laughs> times like by hand like yeah. where you can't like you know, like there's no real fast copying way about it. Like you really have to do like, there's a lot of shit that goes into it, you know? And as you're doing large runs and you start doing the math, like some of it gets crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, and you don't like, cause we talked a little bit about recouping costs too. Like with all these productions, you're able to recoup costs cause it's mass produced and stuff. And, and you mm-hmm. can still focus on stuff that doesn't happen with handmade stuff. Because, like, the amount of time you're always going to put in, it seems like you'll yeah. never recoup the costs. Yeah. I mean, I just, when I was hand making stuff, I kind of just, the time is like not even a factor. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, but if I was taking, you know, very rarely, you know, it'd be like, I would, I don't know, I maybe, I don't I mean, I don't know. I did really well for myself and always have, but, you know, the, like, the resin, like, if you're not wasting it, like, you know, you can make a shitload of money off stuff or if you have all the supplies and I don't know, but the time is like, like you said, like I would always be like that my time is like, I, (laughs) yeah. I mean, but that's what like, you know, so I like being able to make like one, I, I I don't know. I've been thinking though, like I want to really start like getting back, like, I mean, not getting back into it, but just do a few like fun things that like I'm not obligated to do you know like and that's what I kind of miss sometimes is like just doing like some weird thing you know yeah I don't know I'm still like always making toys in some way like you know like I'm working on a cape for this toy today like I don't know like you know and it's still like hand making shit like got two pieces of fabric ironed them then cut them down to like manageable sizes and got this one stuff that's uh you can put between the fabrics uh-huh. and like you iron them together you know and like then it bonds it it's like a perfect like sheet like 
thin ass sheet of like glue almost yeah instead of like because i wanted like a two-tone cape you know like star killer has it was like well i could sew these together i could glue them you know and like i start running through this like checklist in my head of how i could do it and what i could use or that i have and i don't have to buy stuff and uh you know but just figuring that out type of stuff yeah. out and then like you know i've been i designed like a crazy ass uh template for it really or like you know like the shape of it and like in illustrator and then yeah. saving it as a uh svg file so i can cut it on like my cricket machine you know like <laughs> you, so like i still have it. fun i still have fun with like everything i'm always working on because yeah. it's like you know there's still so many different things to it you know of figuring it out like as just a, a guy you know and not you know and then trying to copy that like at a production stage yeah you know so i can just get them in and, like that's the thing too it's like as much as i love fucking money like to do <laughs> everything and sell everything that i make yeah. for like crazy fucking prices yeah and have them be like limited as shit like i'd rather it be like affordable so that everybody can have it like yep. that's really what it is about like people thinking like if i sold out or something to be like oh he doesn't even make make toys anymore it's like i just want everybody to fuck like yeah. everybody to to have them and not be like yeah. why am i like sitting here waiting at like a certain time to buy something and there's not that very many of them yeah. and then or i have to buy it on ebay after or like you know there's like friends and collectors of mine like that have like everything I have except for like certain things. And mm -hmm. it's like, I don't like, I like that. But like at the same time, like I like them, everybody to be able to get it if they really want it, you know? Yeah. Like to a certain degree. Like, I think that's cool. And have it be like affordable to where like, and you know that like, there's still like, you know, that I'm still like the dude behind it and like conducting it like a fucking orchestra, you know? Yeah like i think that that's fun and then not having it be where i'm having to sell stuff for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars or you know like people having to fight over it like on a release date because i only made 25 of them yeah. you know like that was like an aspect of it that i didn't like of doing like small run handmade because it's like you have to and it's like especially if you want to like pay your bills and have nice shit and like yeah. do this like as your job like or unlike you know people like do it as a hobby and you know it's like i wanted to put as much of my life and dedicate my life to like this art form that that if I, there's like only one way to do that and that's to be able to like sell a lot of the thing and not be having you know where like i'm spending my life like toiling away on things that like I regretfully am making for people, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm not having fun doing it all by hand. Like yeah. there's never a way to be like, where it's like satisfactory that you're doing everything yourself. It's like, I like to do one and then, or, you know, a handful even, you know, but not like, you know, where I'm making hundreds of something. And yeah, that's I don't not... think you can ever really build a fan base or like a real audience if everybody doesn't have the opportunity to be able to get stuff. Mm -hmm. It seems know? crazy. Like there, there are some artists who are like, Oh yeah. I enjoy making the runs for dub or making runs. I can't find that joy. 
I can. I mean, uh, there's enjoyment to it. Like if I'm if, like, we're talking about just casting everything. I love that. Yeah. But like if you're talking about doing like hand painting and like, or if you're making the cards and if you're having to package them all, like there's some enjoyment to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like, I didn't want to like kill myself or something, but like it gets to be not fun at a while at a point, mm-hmm. you know? And like where some guys might've only been doing it a couple times, like I've handmade like tens of thousands of figures and like, you know, like I said, devoted my life to it. So like at a certain point, like if it's not being fun anymore, it's like, you know, like it definitely was fun when I first started and I could like totally, but like after a while and as things kept like getting progressing and getting bigger, you know, and more successful, it's like, I just want to be able to enjoy what I'm doing put out a, a lot of different things, you know, as much different things as I can for a different variety of people and, you know, not be worried about people making all the parody and like fan art and stuff. Like, cause if it was like me hand making and doing a lot of this, you know, like, I think that might be different too. Like if I was like, well, I planned on doing a He-Man version or, you know, like there's yeah. certain things where it's like, you're fucking taking from me, dude you know, like, or what, you know, and I keep saying he managed for example, because I think I posted some the other day, but like, if that weren't the case and I wasn't able to like, you know, make enough stuff that it didn't, you know, like, I think that it would be a different story and I would have to like reel some of that in. And I, I don't want to like, you know, like I, I enjoy that there's like, you know, people who are identify with and, like the character enough that they would like do something like that like that's really really tight and cool to me and you know as long as nobody's being a dick like we discussed (laughs) earlier you know like i i really like that i enjoy that you know and and um yeah so i don't know now that you're free from super seven even though that's probably a weird way to say that but yeah. uh now that you're not with them you're doing tracker you have a goal on where you're headed or you have things in mind that you want to accomplish mm-hmm. uh the next let's say year two years where do you where do you think you'll be headed or what do you think you're you're aiming most towards for not only star killer but knuckle duster and then tracker in general yeah so for myself i mean i've got two two stories left to do to finish out like the four one shots that'll tell like the whole like the i guess like a, it's just a story that mm. has all the characters in it and all the different players and stuff um i'm done writing the third one we're working on it this summer me and joe with him illustrating it Mm -hmm. and me coloring it again and uh we're gonna put that out that'll be vice admiral acre and then we're gonna follow it up the next uh i mean it depends on what joe's doing but we're gonna do the next year depending on when his schedule allows um will be absolute ruler thuban and that's the that'll conclude like the comics that I've been doing um, because there was Phantom Starkiller and Count Draco knuckled up there. And those are like the same story. Like it's, it's all one story just told through the, the title character's eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's just the same story and follows Phantom Starkiller on a, on a quest. And, um, you know, to have that done and comprised into a graphic novel, um, 
that's the main goal, you know, and then being able to shop that um, to different studios on whether to make a cartoon or a live mm. action yeah. or something like that. Um, you know, um, doing that and then making hella toys of in the meantime, you know, and just doing, um, I've got knuckle duster done. Like I said, vice admiral and Thuban are both there's concept art for them. And you know, that's the, the we're starting on them. Got a uh, metal shark bro and a uh, Lena from a, the, this book called the mall that's be, uh, becoming a cartoon right now. Um, doing that and uh, you know making other just uh, there's like so many different projects that i've got going on just getting all this different stuff done and going yeah. and more projects started and working on the different like versions of my guys and stuff and making toys for other creators uh, a lot of conventions in between um, yeah you go into conventions it's now like having a booth or having whatever kind of setup for tracker so is that going to change how you run the booth? Yeah, I mean, well, we've been what we've been doing is like Scout has a, mm-hmm. a like a big booth, and um, they um, have people that are there running the booth and stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll have tracker stuff, and I've got shows where it's me, like as Peter Goral, like Killer Bootlegs, the creator of this, and you know. CEO of that and mm-hmm. head of this and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I've been stockpiling like stuff since before the pandemic, like vinyl yeah. figures and reaction figures and play sets and the, like the tracker figures. And, um, you know, I've got samples of all the stuff and stuff to show that is coming out soon. And, uh, you know, uh, we just did a. I did a mask with my buddy Mikey Severe that turned out really, 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 really sweet. He's got LED eyes and like the fabric hood, and you know, masks has always been something that's really uh, I'm always really passionate about and I collect. Um, so I've got another mask that um, is coming out um, this fall. You know, is to kind of plan around Halloween. Um, that'll that'll be more of like an affordably priced one uh but you know yeah doing stuff like that you know making masks making toys writing comics coloring comics yeah making toys for other people no shortage of projects no not at all you know not at all and that's what i like if it was just me like that's why I kind of like having had partnered with scout and black caravan and the guys there because there's so much different stuff, um, different properties and new ones coming in all the time of, you know, new creators that are doing new things that bring Mm -hmm. new things to the table. Um, that there's always something that I can kind of get myself into. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that, at some point we talked about this on the last time you were on my hope is that at some point you produce those ice creams that have the that junk fed might i think you made the pop oh yeah that's my there was a there's like i definitely we i definitely have been thinking i was thinking about something like that because uh there's this one artist and i think at 
decon last year he had like a whole bunch of them it was like a sponsored thing through uh maybe 3d retro um yeah we were kind of i i had talked to dub about the potentiality of like doing um something like that with that guy and based on junk fed design yeah and doing a little like vinyl statue or something I, cause I can't like in my head, if it had become like, if you produced it as food, there's nothing funnier where you pulled it out of the package and an eye is down by the mouth. Oh, like a real one. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be so tight. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the shape is easy enough <laughs> that I could probably like, you know, we could sculpt it and, and then like make a big mold of it, you know? Yeah. Like 3d. Yeah. Like 3d sculpt it. And then, like, you can inverse, like, a, a shape and make, like, a negative of it. Yeah. And uh, you could make a mold of it, you know? <laughs> that would be awesome. With gumball eyes, you just, like, have there be, like, a dimple in it. Like, yeah. where I would set, you know, in the mold. And then get gumball eyes. Yeah, I, the only thing I don't know is, like, how you would separate the colors. Like, mm. and I'm sure that there is, like, when they, I don't know, maybe I'll just have to do some research. But yeah, I bet I can figure it out. That'd that's cool. a that's an investment opportunity or a kickstart, whatever you want to call it. I yeah. bet you so many people will be like, hell yeah, take my money. I'll take a case. Yeah, I bet there's a lot that goes into the, like to keeping them cold though. It's just probably not the right thing. Like, <laughs> you know, because I don't even know how you would do that. Yeah. You know, to keep them refrigerated all the time. I think it's like, I don't know. I'm sure I could figure out a way to make it, but yeah. like having to like make it, make sure they're cold, like they'll be delivered. Like I don't, I don't know if it would go over well. Maybe at like an art show one night, you know, just have one melt throughout the night. I'll just on display. Like, hey, check this shit out. I'm vanishing. Yeah. No, like I think it'd be cool to make like a hundred or like two hundred, but only for like a gallery opening. Yeah. You know, and then that's like you can get one there but after that night you know yeah do you plan i on... probably would keep one in my freezer for like 30 <laughs> years like, like those people who do that with wedding cakes i'd pull it out like uh, and i'm like 90 years old and be like remember when i made this yeah thing. like you should try it nah i'm good yeah. uh yeah. do you plan on doing uh i'm glad you brought up the gallery style thing like mm-hmm. further down this because this art form like maybe it belongs in a gallery. I don't know. I'm not that far into mm-hmm. this scene. Like, do you plan on doing a gallery style setting at the end? Whenever you get to a point of which you have so much stuff in this universe, mm-hmm. like is a gallery type setting something that you're headed towards? I mean, I've done a couple, you know, like I yeah. did. Cause like I said, I keep like my first piece from everything that I make mm-hmm. with the exception of a few things. So I've got a pretty big collection of like stuff that I've made and maybe like three, four years ago, I did like a gallery show where it was like all of those and they weren't for sale. Cause I didn't want to sell any yeah. of them, but it was just like for viewing, like your viewing privilege. You can look at all the things I've made. Yeah. And uh, that was really cool. Like cool experience you know, people coming and looking at all the stuff I've made. Um, a few years ago, I did uh, a show at Toy Du Jour in Chicago. 
mm-hmm. that was like art inspired by Phantom Star Killer. And it was all these different artists from around the globe who did like, you know, a toy or a drawing or painting or sculpture, or whatever. And they did like all these different things of Phantom Star Killer. That was really fun. And I want to do that again. Yeah. Um, like, I think that would be really fun to do again. Like that was a really, really good show. And a lot of cool pieces came out of it. Um, so yeah, I would like to do that. I mean, I've been thinking um, I'm doing like a custom show and maybe sending out like a blank uh, star killer or knuckle duster figure um, and letting them paint it and package yeah. it and, do whatever they you know and just like hitting up like all the different people i am friends with in the like handmade toy scene and just being like here's your ver- here's uh a blank have fun do what yeah. you want and then um you know having like a gallery show or um you know some kind of way for it to be viewed That'd be that would badass. be fun. yeah i've seen a couple yeah. people do that and it's one of my favorite things that artists do because mm-hmm. you're you're just like involving the community in art, which is so intense. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to do one with the uh, with. Uh, yeah, I've got vinyl figures, and I I've got some that I was like thinking of doing that a show, um, and then I I've got Star Killer figures that yeah, same thing. Like I was like these would this would be fun to do. Um, yeah, whether I have it here where I live or if I have it in Florida um, or California, you know, like in Florida, uh, Scout has like their HQ and um, it's like a store that's really uh, like an awesome, um, awesome location and setup. So that would be fun to do there or have one in California, um, you know, through DKE and um or in chicago you know with toy du jour or yeah logan arcade or something one of my friends out there or uh gallery f you know um yeah it's it, it stinks that like i mean covid's not over but it's things have lessened up enough that i think uh doing something like that and planning something like that is now more realistic, yeah. you know, where as like in the last couple of years, um, you know, you could plan and put a lot of thought into doing something and just have it like railroaded by um, this pandemic, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess Man. it's getting safer to kind of think, start thinking forward more about stuff like that. Yeah. Killer, as we start to close this out, plug everything that like you have. It's hard to say something like that to you because you have so many projects always going on. Yeah. I mean, I post mostly on my killer bootleg Instagram is like the one that I really. All the other ones were like somebody was like, you should make a, a Phantom Star Killer account. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then it just like becomes more and more stuff to manage. Um, and so, yeah, I I really like like posting only on the fan or the killer st- bootlegs one. Yeah. But I don't do it that often. Like a lot of times, like 
I don't know. It's like social media, like as much as I love it. And like, I mean, for certain reasons, like when I started doing art and doing this stuff, like all these years ago and like, as it's progressed, like I didn't know I was signing up to be like on my cell phone, like all the 10 time. hours a day yeah. and like, yeah. And like have to be like constantly like posting and all that. Um, so I kind of struggle with that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like I really like doing everything. I just don't like, you know, being on my phone all the time. Like yeah. I'm the type of guy that like, I like working with my hands and like doing stuff and like, you can't do a lot of stuff if you've got your phone in your hands, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it becomes like an addiction almost where like, if you, as much as I need to be on my phone, like it would be bad and unhealthy to be on my phone as much as I probably should be, mm-hmm. you know, and with having kids and a wife and dogs and a yard and all this stuff, like, <laughs> you know, and hobbies outside of, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I just, like I said, like, I didn't know that that's what I was signing up for. So it's hard to like keep so active online. Um, but I post mostly on uh killer bootlegs at Instagram. Um, yeah. And I'll always like post about the stuff I'm doing, you know, like if I've got a new toy coming out, if I've got a new t-shirt or a new vinyl figure or a new, coffee blend <laughs> yeah you know there's always there's always something going on that's new and exciting so if you follow killer bootlegs i'm sure you'll see it you know rad Killer, thank you so yeah. much for hanging out today and of course thanks man